You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So, heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Hello, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and you're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. On this week's episode... We are talking about Volume 2 of the comic series, Maneaters. But before we get into that, uh, Katie and I have... uh, Are we going to announce both things or just the one thing? We can announce both if you want. Well, maybe we'll tease the second one. Are you leaving this in? (laughs) Yeah, why not? (laughs) Okay. Planning the podcast on the podcast. <laughs> That's a very on brand for us. It's very on brand. So first thing is, is that we are going to start making an adjustment to the schedule soon uh, of tea time. So Katie and I, we kind of mentioned last week that we have another project in the works and we are both busy people and... We kind of just need to tweak the schedule a bit to accommodate that and just the fact that we're busy in general. Um, So starting, what is it, two weeks from now, three weeks from now? It would be the first podcast that would be released in, it'd be December. It starts in December, basically. So yeah, so starting in December, we are going to be going bi-weekly rather than weekly. Yes tragic i know everyone stop crying it's fine (laughs) we're not going away forever we just uh we had mentioned a couple of times in previous podcasts that we've been struggling to come up with topics uh for this for the show that kind of apply i mean don't but not apply to everyone but like topics that fit with like who we are with this podcast and yeah because of that and because of uh, what's happened in this last year with like our shift in focus on things that we uh, enjoy or enjoy on the forefront of our mind. Yeah. Consume within the pop culture like sphere uh, made it difficult to come up with things for this podcast. So for that reason, we are shifting our not our full focus, but like shifting some of our focus to our new project. But we still want to keep this going because obviously like We've been with Tea Time for so long and with everyone that listens to the show. So we don't want to just like cold turkey abandon you guys because that would just be messed up. (laughs) Yes. And like we we enjoyed Tea Time, you know, to be able to talk about like a wide majority of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's just yeah, it's it's uh, a bit of a struggle at the minute, which is, I think, fair. It's, you know. Three, it's been three plus years, right, that we've been doing this thing, and uh, we just need a little bit of a shakeup, but we're not going away fully. I think, like, having a bit of time in between will give us time to, like, actually come up with topics. Like, we actually have the next two months planned. <laughs> yeah, I think it will actually make, I mean, I'm not saying that our episodes suck, because they don't. But no. it will actually make our episodes better planned out. Like, I'm hoping that. But then again, legit, we're probably just going to make our notes right before the show. I know. As usual. <laughs> I mean, as as per usual. But I mean, uh, it will 
the like the breaks in time in between will allow us to come up with more creative, better topics and not run out of topics, which is what was happening. Yeah, we were yeah, we were kind of getting a little burned out of figuring out like what to talk about and all that jazz. But to tease a bit of what our upcoming project is, we haven't exactly nailed down the timing of when this is coming out yet, right? But it's probably definitely coming within the new year. Um, or sooner, possibly, or, depending or on... Or sooner, possibly. But yeah. um, obviously, you guys hear us talk a lot about a certain topic on this podcast, uh, and that's kind of been our a little bit of our shift in focus, and it's something that we enjoy talking about a lot. Um, and if you can't guess, then I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to mention sure- about four or five things in my catch-up in just a minute about it. So. Exactly. So that's just a bit of a tease like of an upcoming project that we're going to be doing. Um, but anyways, Katie, what have you been up to, girl? Um, that was a smooth transition right there. Uh, yeah. So I did mention this on the last podcast that I was going to go see the BTS uh, Love Yourself, Speak Yourself Day 2 concert film. Basically, what they did was they uh, they streamed day one on V Live, so people could watch the live stream of the concert while it was going on. I was at two in the morning. I love them, but I also love sleep a little more, so I did <laughs> and not you watch have it. Work. <laughs> and I and I work, um, so I did not stay up to watch that one. But they decided to record day two, and then broadcast it in the theater in a bunch of theaters in the United States and some theaters in like other countries and stuff. Um, except where Chelsea is because sorry. Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah. So I decided I was going to go see it. Um, it actually felt like a real, like, like going to Korea to see it because they just recorded the concert. There were no like English subtitles or anything. So you're sitting there like during their, talking and they're just like talking and like when the audience so there was like a lot of people in my theater so when the audience would be like oh like in the, in the movie everybody in our theater would be like oh <laughs> like, we don't know what we're awing at like yeah. we figured out like some stuff and they were like blah 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 and then you hear everybody go day and we're like yay yeah <laughs> that's cool though i mean that's probably how it was for a lot of people that traveled to korea to see that concert which a lot of people did Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't blame them because it was incredible. And the people in our theater were like, in my theater were so great. Like people brought their light sticks and stuff. So it felt like like, people were singing along. And I was sitting next to a girl who came by herself too. And then two other girls. We even got like a bunch of people in our theater even got in trouble for like recording on their phones during the movie. (laughs) Makes sense. Um, But... It was it was great. Like people were crying, singing along, doing fan chants, like nice. It was great. I had a lot of fun. Um, and let's see, Halloween was this week. Yes. Which um I went to the West Hollywood Halloween Carnival with Brian, which was like an experience. And also like, can I just say that I don't <laughs> Brian is the best not boyfriend on the planet like ever because Mm -hmm. he had flown he flew home from arizona for work that day he got home at like 7 30 changed his clothes for that i came to his house and then we left immediately dang 
I mean, he was exhausted by the end. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but Was it fun? Oh, my God. It was so fun. And it was just, like, packed full of people. And, like, there was just too many people everywhere. But, like, the fun part was seeing everybody's costumes. And let me just say that I saw a whole lot of mostly naked people. <laughs> oh, well, we hope. Makes sense. And it's, like... It, they clearly state that it's not for children. Like, don't bring your kids to this, like, Halloween thing. Yeah. And what's hilarious is that it is the largest Halloween carnival in the world, but no one talks about it. Really? Yeah, I've never heard of it before. Exactly. So, like, uh, Brian was telling me, he goes, he tries to go every year, and he was telling me that, like, no one talks about it until it comes up, like, until it's happening and then yeah. people start talking about it. But like the only people who really know that it goes on are people that live in Los Angeles. That's kind of cool though. It makes it kind of like a local thing and it's not too probably, I don't know over. Well, I would say not overcrowded, but like, I don't know, like too what's it called? Mainstream. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a thing. So, like, they keep all the bars and clubs open on Santa Monica Boulevard. So mm-hmm. you can go into the bars and the restaurants and everything are open. And then they have, like, dance clubs in the middle of the street because they close all of Santa Monica Boulevard for about four or five blocks. That's so cool. And, like, I will say that my two favorite, my three favorite things that I saw during this thing was a out-of-nowhere sexy Voldemort that I saw. Oh, Right. It was this girl who just like came out of nowhere with this like giant flowing cape and she had on a Voldemort like like prosthetics on her face and like over her head. So she was bald and like she was wearing like a one piece almost bathing suit with like her boobs were everywhere. And she just like came flying out with like this cape on. And I was like, is that a sexy Voldemort? (laughs) Um. And then Brian and I were walking behind this guy who was dressed as a sexy Frankenstein. And it was the greatest experience walking behind him because we got to see everyone's reaction to seeing him as they like saw him. Because it would be like, oh, cool mask. Oh, my God. Because he was wearing like a thong. (laughs) Yes. And so it was like a lot of like, well, your mask is really cool. And then they'd look down and they're like, like, whoa. "Whoa." (laughs) And it's West Hollywood, Santa Monica Boulevard. So most people were like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) so good. It was so great. Brian and I were having the time of our lives watching people react to him because every person had the same reaction. Yeah. Men, women, old, young. (laughs) so good so good and then they had this like club like i think it was called the rotunda or something but it was this like half circle glass thing and there were like some of the hottest dudes i've ever seen dancing in there with like booty shorts on or like their like butt like their butt was showing through the (laughs) through the booty shorts and i was just like brian was like are you okay and i'm like i just need a second to stand here (laughs) (laughs) i was like hold on let me take a photo (laughs) then we just moved on but it was like it was super fun like everyone's costumes were super elaborate and like really great so we had like 
the best time. I can't Ooh. wait to go again. Like next year. I hope I can go next year. Um, let's see. I finished the Korean drama Her Private Life this morning. It was so good. I can't wait for you to watch it because I'm very excited. It I was dying on how good it was, like all the way to the last two episodes. So good, so good. And it ended happy and I'm just like ecstatic. Um a very large, actually technically two very large announcements were made today. I mean not today, this week. Um yeah. out of nowhere on Thursday, My Chemical Romance announced that they were playing doing a reunion they were getting back together and playing a show. Yeah. In December and tickets went on sale on Friday. I did and not all get them. The emo kids rise. <laughs> rise from the dead. It was like they did. We just like it was crazy. I tried to get tickets so hard, so hard, and I was willing to pay that one fifty per ticket. I didn't care. I wanted to go. I mean, one fifty is not that bad considering. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like a drop in the bucket compared to like how much money I've spent for other tickets. So it's like, well, I mean, like for a, like a you know very rare reunion concert. I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty good price. I mean, yeah, for this, it's been seven years since they broke up, and it was like, we've, the MC Army has just been waiting, waiting for this moment, and it happened. And also, Rage Against the Machine announced that they were getting back together, too. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, and they dropped a whole tour. They're like, this is the cities we're going to. Yeah. That's so cool. They said that because of the way that the country is going with the prospect of a certain someone potentially becoming, hopefully not, but becoming president again in 2020, made them like, we can't stay silent anymore. Like, we we are coming back. It's a machine, sure. Yes. So they're coming <laughs> back. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. So it's, like, very exciting for, like, American music, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile... Over here in K-pop land, we're just like crying because yeah. of what's been going on. <sighs> what so a nightmare. Much. So much sadness. Yeah. I walked out of the BTS movie on Sunday to 74 missed messages because I had no signal in the movie theater that Jean from Stray Kids um, terminated his contract and left the group mm-hmm. for personal reasons. And it was very... I cried. I'm not going to lie. I did. Because he's like... He's one of my biases for straight kids. And I was really upset about oh, it. No. I call him my one two, 1. 1.5. Because mm. he's not my number two. Like, he's still... You know what I mean? He's like my 1.5. <laughs> yeah, I love Jean, And it's really sad that he felt that he needed to leave the group. And I felt bad for the group because, like... The, the fans were just devastated and they kept saying like stays couldn't make stray kids stay. And I think that just broke Bonchan's heart. So he like yeah. came out and made a statement saying that like, I'm sorry, I couldn't do what I was supposed to do was like keep us at nine. Like that was what I was supposed to do. But he's like, but we're going to keep moving forward as eight. And at the very end of his letter, he signed it. Uh, what is it? Uh, you make stray kids stay and he like can't capitalized it. And he was like, he was like, no, you do make us stay. Like, don't think that this yeah. is your fault. I think 
stays were blaming themselves a little bit, which was like really upsetting. And I think that was upsetting for them too. Um, and then out of nowhere, they announced that one was leaving Monster X like two days after they dropped their latest comeback album. And yes. can I just say that a major shout out to all mom babies, which is the fandom for Monster X are working tireless, tire, tirelessly to make it known that this is unacceptable <laughs> because yeah. Starship it's like basically an ongoing thing at the minute. Like it's, it's happening right now. And like, I'm, I'm worried that while we're recording, I'm going to miss something that gets announced because monster X, all of them showed up at the, at their headquarters, at their entertainment company headquarters, because people have been protesting since it was announced. Yeah. And like, just if you Google it, like so many articles pop up because and about it because people are not taking it lightly. So, shout out to the mom babies around the world. Yes. I love you guys. Cool. Okay, that's all I got. Chelsea. Cool. Well, in the spirit of Halloween this week, um, I decided. Well, Ema and I decided to rewatch Scream, and then we wanted to just skip ahead to Scream 4 because we both love Scream 4 and we didn't have time to watch <laughs> all four so we just figured we'd pick our you know favorite two um every time I watch Scream 4 like I love it more and more I don't know maybe it's just me anyone else have the same opinion but uh yeah I freaking love Scream 4 and then uh to Today, Ema and I went to a live recording of the podcast Girls on Film, which is a UK-based podcast where it's uh, women. I'm not. I'm not even sure if it's just hosted by one person. The only one person was there today, but that could just be that because it was uh, recording over here. Um, it's basically like a female-focused. Uh, podcast based on like like focusing on encouraging women in film and like film crit critics and whatnot and like encouraging them and like discussing media from a female perspective and they like have interviewed like Brie Larson and Carrie Mulligan and uh, today we got to see a writer and actor that's like from Belfast, but she's been in things like Dairy Girls, The Fall, um, that kind of thing. She's like a writer for a lot of BBC shows. And then a Northern Ireland local director who's directed uh, some like really well-known indie horror films and things like that. And that was really fun. It was like, it was like our podcast, like on a heightened, like, professional level (laughs) (laughs) it's where we wish we were and like less less like two best friends chatting about media and more like you know like oh uh like like basically like as if you're going to like a media studies class but it was like really really cool Uh, in fact the event itself was hosted by a local uh a local charity here called Cinemagic which focuses on like setting up these events for young filmmakers in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. and they've like 
they had panels like all couple of the past past couple of months and like focusing on stuff for young people and showing them stuff within the filmmaking world and whatnot. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then this week as well, I picked up this book and have been reading it. I read a lot of it today, actually. It's called Text Me When You Get Home by Kayleen Schaefer. And it's basically talks about like the evolution and triumph of modern female friendship, which, yeah, like which in itself like sounds really, really cool. But like what's even cooler about it is that it discusses like female friendships, not only like just from like her own personal perspective and the women around her, but she kind of discusses like how media has influenced modern female friendships as well as modern female friendships influencing media. So kind of like the whole, you know, life imitating art and art imitating life kind of thing. There's a lot of discussion of obviously like Parks and Rec, Sex and the City, even like smaller shows like My Boys from TBS, which I was a fan of. I don't know if anyone else watched that show. Um, And talks about like, you know, Mean Girls and how for a while, like there was this big generation that just like all people could talk about was girls being mean and like Mm -hmm. girls being mean to each other and how a lot of that's not true. And some of it is, but like, because a lot of people believe that it like, a lot of that would happen. And like, I don't know, it's just like a whole evolution of like how female friendships are formed, say when you're young versus when you're older, how female friendships maybe used to form, you know, 40 years ago, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just found that really, really fascinating. So don't forget to head over to geek to geekmediacom to check out the latest episodes of the geek to geek podcast, geek Dragon Quest FM, and sometimes Rob with Rob. And don't forget to subscribe to Capsule J and Troidal Power's Twitch stream so you don't miss out when they stream their favorite games and talk about nerd stuff. Keep listening now to hear a promo for all the shows on the network. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.
Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. And we're back. So this week we are talking about Volume 2 of Maneaters, an absolute favorite of ours on this podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't listened to our episode on Volume 1 or you haven't read Volume 1, immediately pause this podcast and go do both of those things, please. Yes. Uh, this is like a high, high, high recommendation from both of us. It is worth it uh, even... If you want to spend, well, for me, it was uh, $4.99 on Amazon to read the digital copy. Even if you do that, it is so worth it. It's very, very cool. So please go check out Volume 1. Um, it is Maneaters by Chelsea Kane. Uh, I think that's the like the main writer's name, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, But today we are talking about Volume 2 because, of course, we had to continue talking about this amazing comic series and most likely we will talk about volume three when we can is there a volume three i believe so yeah because oh. when i was searching for volume two i saw a cover for volume three so i had no I'm, idea yeah Guess i'm so, gonna have to buy it yes exactly so to give you a quick summary of what this is about 12 year old mod has a case of puberty-induced pantherism, a missing friend, a detective dad who thinks she may be a killer, a mom with a big secret, a unicorn hiding in her bedroom, and a plan to overthrow the patriarchy. You know, just the usual day-to-day -day things. <laughs> Panth you know, regular girl by day, panther by night, has a unicorn that lives in her room, you know. Just a just a quick revolution of throwing overthrowing the patriarchy. No big deal. No big MVD. deal. No, no. So, Katie, did you enjoy volume two? I did. I did a lot. I will say, though, that there were part. I was like a little confused on what was happening. Yeah. OK. A like little bit. Bits. Um, like because in it, the main plot or. Yeah. Because it felt like it jumped ahead a lot. And I was like confused on how we got here. Like I thought I missed something. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's fair. I feel like that would be my only criticism of this series is that there is so much of the, like, fun stuff. The stuff that we really, really, really like, like the fake ads and the, mm -hmm. like, games and fun stuff. There's so much of that that sometimes the plot can feel a little bit hard to follow. Do yeah. you find that? Yeah, because what happens is they throw these, like, things in the middle of the story that have nothing to do with the story. Not Nothing to do with, like, the story of the, the characters, but it, like, yeah. has to do with the overall theme. Yeah, so, like, there was, like, all of these YouTube video things about an angry unicorn, which did have to do with the unicorn, sort of. Yeah, and, like, kinda. Kinda, and then there was, like... Like the card game manual and the 
There were a couple of poems uh, and role play exercises, which are all like they're all very very fun and they're genuinely some of my favorite parts of these uh, comics. But it it does make it that where you kind of like go, okay, now what was happening? Because you kind of for like you forget a little bit. Yeah, because like maybe I needed to reread the first one or remember what happened at the end of the first one. Yeah, it's kind of, it's definitely, like, a, it's one of those comics that you definitely almost need to reread. Like, it's not necessarily a bad thing, because it makes it so that it is, like, something that you can read over and over again, and you don't get bored of it, because you're Mm -hmm. discovering new things with each read. But at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, I kind of, I have to read this twice, because I didn't quite get everything or remember everything the first time. Yeah, that's that being said, it's still really good. (laughs) Oh, no, it's still really great. And like the art is still really fantastic. And the story is still really good. It's just maybe we just put too much of a gap in between when I I was too much of a gap between when I finished volume one and then read volume two, because like I read it yesterday and the other episode was like a month ago or something. Well, didn't didn't you read it like in August? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like, because it was near after Comic-Con when you suggested it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was like August when we did it or like end of July. So it's been like two months since I read the first volume. So I probably should have read the second one. But, you know, me and podcast prep, I don't do it. No, to be fair, remember, I forgot that we were doing this and downloaded it on my phone while we were out and read it by the time I got home. So... A A plus on podcast prep for us. Look, we're just trying to keep our brand on brand. That's all. Exactly. That's that's a huge part of our brand is being uh woefully unprepared and <laughs> like doing Truth. it at the top of the hat. Yeah. Um Truth. But did what did you think was uh maybe different about this volume versus the first? Um Maybe that's where my confusion set in is more that like I wasn't sure if this was following a timeline or it was we were seeing Maud like in the past. Maybe that's where I got confused because I wasn't really sure if we were moving forward in time or it was like no, I not moving forward in time. It was like a flashback. So I, I would agree with you. I like I think because I was reading it digitally so the way that you can read it on Kindle is you can go um like square by square frame by frame rather than page by page cuz obviously like reading a single comic page on your phone is sometimes hard the text is too small mm-hmm. so you're not exactly I don't know like when I read a comic, I look at the whole page kind of overall and then I read it like sing. I don't know. I read kind of weird. I read mm-hmm. a little bit in a circle. Um, so it wasn't easy for me to like go back and be like, oh, right. This is like five months later, five months before that kind of thing. Cause it did flash back and forth. Yeah. So like my confusion was that like I remember at the end of the first volume was that um, Maude was going into the boys lounge and getting Estropop, the estrogen free yeah. soda. And then she had a huge stash of it in her closet, right? In her bedroom. Yeah. Um, 
So but she I couldn't... was essentially like cutting herself off of estrogen and yeah. she was like kind of like encouraging her friends to like join in this like revolution 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 slash rebellion um Mm -hmm. into basically being like why do we have to drink this and the boys don't this is dumb which i agree (laughs) Um, um and then like when we get to volume two it's kind of like, I guess it's implied that she kind of has pantherism, right? I figured that at the end because at the end of the first volume, her eyes were glowing green, right? At the end of the first volume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, just to like brief recap, what is basically like there's toxoplasmosis X, which is like a mutation of toxic plasmosis that girls most likely got from handling uh domestic cat feces so like it came from like cleaning the cat box basically (laughs) and because a lot of people have pet cats like your chances of having it of like having the mutation was like extremely high but it only expresses itself in women who when they get their period so yeah when they started menstruating they basically turned into a were panther And in order to combat this, because what happens when you like when you start menstruating is that your like hormones go crazy. So they started putting estrogen in the tap water so that girls would always have a constant high dose of estrogen so they wouldn't menstruate. Yes. And not turn into killer panthers and murder their families and friends and neighbors and whatever. Exactly. Um, but Maud and her friends like started drinking stopped drinking tap water. And started drinking like the estrogen free water or the estrogen free soda pop so that they would not be getting those high doses of estrogen. And it was basically confirmed that Maud was a were panther at the end of the first volume. Yeah. And that's where we sort of, I think they, from there forward, is where we're supposed to be. Yeah. It was just confusing. Or I'm just an idiot. I mean, I don't know which one it is. No, I mean, I think like. It's because there was like, there was clearly like a five month jump and then the comic itself was also going back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was kind of going back and forth um, to say when like, like she was like telling her dad, you know, like kind of what happened and that was a bit of like the flashback. So like mm-hmm. when her friend like went missing and that kind of thing. Like when they all received their colored pencils, um, that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Uh, So, okay. Okay. Now it makes sense. Like when she's talking to her dad about everything that's happened, that's all a flashback. Yeah. So basically this volume is mostly a flashback. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. I know we act like we haven't read this, but we genuinely did. It's just, it probably requires like a second or third read through for sure. Yeah, probably. So I would say like, if you also only read this once, uh, maybe yeah. go back and read it a time. Yeah. Or two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if you have read this and are listening now, did you understand everything the first time through? <laughs> or are we just, uh, you know. Dumb. <laughs> d- dumb. 
Uh, to be fair, I did read it very, very quickly, and half of what I read was in a car. Uh, God knows what I was reading. <laughs> you Great. know, like the I'm just saying, the roads in Northern Ireland are terrible, and it was a lot of like, oh God, <laughs> girl, I know, I've been on those roads, I know. Exactly, but anyways, moving on. Uh, tampon woman thoughts. <laughs> I like that whenever her mom comes in, that's what she sees. It's like her mom I, I as love tampon woman. <laughs> I think it's, and you know, like the best part about it is that she has Wonder Woman boots on. Yeah. Yeah, she does. So, so good. Cool. So cool. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, I love that they like that, that, that was what she saw like all the time. Like anytime her mom like did something cool, like she was talking about like, like my mom is like tough my mom's a hero and like you see her and and she's like tampon woman and she's like got a cape and a mask and wonder woman boots what i love is that like her arms and the cape and her boots and legs and stuff are all animated except for the actual tampon is not really animated it looks real like real real and the sword like the oh no the samurai sword is animated but like the tampon itself is not like animation drawn that's the coolest thing about the art in this uh, comic series is that there's such a wide range of mixed media. Mm-hmm. You know, there's stuff that that's like straight up. It looks like stock footage, mm-hmm. you know, like stock photos mixed in with drawings, mixed in with animation, mixed in with, you know, I don't know, everything. But yeah. it's, it just makes it really fascinating i think like you see the comic version of her friend what was what was the friend's name that like everyone had the same name sophie e everybody was named sophie everyone was named sophie so yeah sophie e like you saw the like you know the comic drawn version of her and then when they showed the missing like missing uh posters it was like a real photo of a real girl yeah yeah (laughs) So it was cool. Um, speaking of like the extra stuff that we like so much, uh, a big part of this volume was this whole like, what would you call it? Guide to not getting pantherism or like it was kind of like a almost like a just a role playing book propaganda type thing (laughs) it was like kind of like a role-playing game like yeah so there was like there was a card game which i think was funny like because they kind of played on what they did with the last volume where they have it so that you can actually cut these cards out and play the game yes and they had like the rules they had you know, examples of how to play the game, instructions and all. Mm-hmm. And then they had this thing where they like described two types of girls and it was Jennifer or Mandy. And it told you a little bit about them and mm-hmm. kind of like it gave you a script to act out to kind of understand like what a typical 12-year-old girl would feel 
but at the same time, you should be shameful about. Which it I- was just like, it was a weird, I was reading it and I was like, what is happening? But what it is, is like, you can imagine, like, it's obviously satirical. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, you can imagine like, if a bunch of girls were to go to this like course or whatever the heck it is, uh, seminar, I don't know, group thing, uh, and they had to like act this out. This was like them reinforcing, mm-hmm. you know, the shame of feeling like, you know, they like say like, I don't know, you're told that something's bad. Of course, you're going to want to do it. It's the rebellion that you get at that age. You yeah. Know, you're, you're told not to to smoke your whole life. And then once you get to a certain age, you're like, I'm going to smoke to be bad. It's like it's like that. So all these girls have been told like menstruation's bad. But then when they get to this certain age, they're kind of like, but like, what if it's cool? Like, what if it's like means I'm like an adult and blah, blah, blah. So they're very much reinforcing to these girls like here have that conversation now don't you feel a little silly (laughs) like did you read that part where it was like after reading that out loud do you feel a little shameful and I was like shoot that's like that's some like harsh peer pressure (laughs) it's like it's like I don't even know but it's was but it's obviously like a commentary on you know, uh, kind of how society pressures women to feel about certain things. Oh yeah, it's and uh, I just have to ask, Katie, are you a Jennifer or a Mandy? Okay, so like I was looking at this like right now to try <laughs> yes. to figure out like because I was thinking about it because like I fit some of the criteria for both of these girls like likes and dislikes. Yeah, I feel like you're kind of, like, half and half, for sure. Yeah, because, like, I Jennifer likes daisies, color-coordinated pillows, Converse. Like, I like those things. And uh, and she dislikes field trips, loud eaters. And I was like, yeah, girl, I'm with you. <laughs> Zippers that don't work and houseplants that die. And then her catchphrase is, I can't find my phone. That sounds like me. <laughs> Um, and then there's Mandy, who's like into like darker stuff, and she likes Halloween and sharpies and salt water and vinegar chips. Also dislikes loud eaters and compliments because I don't like like I'm bad at taking a compliment. Yeah, and her catchphrase is "I'll do it in a minute." But also, she spends most of her free time DMing fandom accounts on Instagram. So far, no one has written back, and that sounds just <laughs> like me. Yes. But so it's like, I know it's like it. (laughs) How am I supposed to pick one when I'm both? Exactly. But I think that's also kind of, I don't know. To me, it seems kind of like a play on the whole, like, are you a Marilyn or a Jackie kind of thing? Like for some reason, society really likes to fit women into these like two boxes, like you're you're an angel or a vixen you're a you Marilyn or a Jackie you're a mm-hmm. blank or a blank and so that's kind of what they do is they form these roles of like 
who are you going to be? But the funny thing is, is like that it's not like Jennifer's the like the angel and Mandy's like the rebel. They're both technically rebels in this situation. Um, but it's just a way for them to be like, like here's these stories of these girls, and like so they can relate to all of the girls. And they kind of like they show you like these fake articles of like, like Jennifer, you know, is locked up in the Oregon State, <laughs> you know, Oregon State Panther Detention Center because she's yes. a murderer. Yeah, her parents don't like, visit her because she killed them. Yeah, <laughs> just it's love just that like one. what? <laughs> oh my god! It was I love like the details of those parts. Like, so much. I just love that, like, harsh, like, they don't visit her because she killed them. Yeah, it's just like, what? There's yeah. something else as well, and I'm gonna find it here. Was it at the bottom? Oh, yeah. The quote from Jennifer's article says, I just wanted to read Sylvia Plath, Jennifer said at her containment hearing, and then one thing led to another. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Her hair looks amazing, too, by the way. I know this photo is really sad, but, like, her hair is rainbow, and I love it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, like, they put all these, like, stereotypes of, like, she started to do this and this, and that was the clue that it was all happening. And you're just like, what? Because she's not like, but like, essentially it's a commentary on like when women or girls don't conform to what, you know, society feels is a stereotype of a girl. They, they like claim them to be wrong and outsiders and weird. And so they talk about like, she was moody, combative, aggressive. She cut her hair. She quit the cheerleading team. You know, like things that would be like a stereotype of a rebel girl, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, did you read the one with the graph? Did you see the page with the graph? Yes. Where yes. it was like, pantherism, game over. Sure, menstruation seems sophisticated, grown up, dangerously enticing. But did you know that menstruation costs money? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do know that. Thank you. <laughs> but of course, instead of like, like the the typical commentary is like us telling society, like, do you realize menstruation costs a lot? Like, stop charging us for these things that we can't like control whereas this is like trying to steer you away from menstruation (laughs) because of these things which i think is funny yeah you know what i mean yeah and then i think my all-time favorite bit is the quote pantherism encourages women to leave their husbands kill their children practice witchcraft destroy capitalism and become lesbians (laughs) And it's like a giant, it's a giant, giant just bold. black and white, bold, like, quote next to a panther mask, which you can cut out, by the way. Like, you can cut the panther mask out and wear it. I need this as a poster and put up on my wall. Like, <laughs> I mean, same. It's like, so, or like a shirt or something. Like, <laughs> because that statement literally you could take pantherism swap it with feminism and that's what you know 
a lot of people think that feminism does. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's just, it's like, it's such a, it's such a deep, complex comic that like, mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's so good. Yeah. So there is one thing I wanted to talk about for sure. Like, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure you saw it. So it was after Sophie E went missing and her they found out that Maud had been drinking Estro Estro Pop and like mm -hmm. they're sitting down with the principal, right? Yes. And then they go over the school rules for boys mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. school rules for girls. Like, did you see this list? I'm gonna read it to you guys just so yes. you understand. This is the school rules for boys. No running in the hallways. No fighting. That's, That's it. it. Yep. Uh, uh, um, school rules for girls. No tank tops. No flip flops. No mini skirts. No exposed bra straps. No short shorts. No opaque fabrics covering breasts, genitals, or buttocks. No fishnet tights. No camel toe. No visible panty line. No unsafe or unnatural hairstyles. No distracting clothes or grooming habits. No tattoos. No toe rings. Yeah. It, which, you know... It's so true. What the hell? <laughs> like, I mean, like, I would say that this is, like, absurd, but it's not. <laughs> it's not even an exaggeration. It's, no, it's if not. anything, like, an understatement. Yeah. The thi like, I used to remember this as well. Like, do you remember filling out, I don't know, like, maybe not... Maybe not the first day of school every year, but definitely... Well, maybe, actually. Uh, in school, we always had to sign, like, a school contract. Mm -hmm. Like, you had to fill out all that paperwork at the beginning of the school year. And a lot of it was, like, dress code, rules of the school, blah, blah, blah. And you would look at the dress code, and it would have, like, boys. And it would be, like, two lines, if that. And then, like, girls, two full paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was like crazy detailed and you're just like, whoa, why is why is there I just remember being like, why is there so much for girls? I don't understand. But I didn't even understand the complexity of it like back then, but no, it's crazy. It's frustrating and exhausting at the fact that like they have to have a million rules for girls like this is social commentary for sure about the fact that they feel like they have to give a million rules and regulations to girls because they're considered a distraction no why don't you teach your boys to be good and decent people and not make it our responsibility like I have so many things I could say about that and it just makes me really angry about how it feels like we're as women and young girls are constantly being punished because it's always our fault for being such a distraction or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I think like this whole comic overall, the whole pantherism, everything is 100% like a metaphor for the fact that like, for some reason, society and men find women dangerous and therefore need to be, like, controlled in every possible way. I think that's exactly the whole point behind this is saying that, like, oh, we turn into dangerous, scary monsters and have to be extra controlled because otherwise we're going to murder everyone. Yeah. When, because, like, if you think about it, you're like, why are we so obsessed with, like, controlling women in such a 
drastic, drastic way. I mean, you look back to like the Salem witch trials. It's like they were going absolute crazy over women being anything but extremely, you know, mild mannered and submissive anything out of anything out of that and they were like no burn them they're dangerous and it's like really they're not (laughs) you know what i mean it's it's shown it's shown in so many examples throughout all of time that that clearly men are for some reason absolutely terrified (laughs) of women yeah when in reality they don't really have any reason to if anything it's quite the opposite yeah, it's just, I don't know, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about the whole, like, social commentary side of this, just because, like, this these two volumes, like, this comic series is very empowering, and, like, it's very, like, takes an interesting twist on something that's very prominent in society about how women are treated and how women feel about being treated that way, and about how, like there's nothing wrong with us. Like stop trying to make us into something that you think fits one way when we should be considered to be our own independent human beings and left like, like stop trying to control me. They even do a part in the comic where they show like all these different types of people Mm -hmm. and they're like basically showing that, you know, it, people don't fit into one mold. Mm hmm. They show like, and me, and me, and me, and me, and they show like 16 different types of people and they all look very different. You know what I mean? And no one really fits into one sort of category. I'm trying to flip through and find it at the minute. Oh, I see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's like. There's a whole chart. Like, like it says we are, we all wear disguises and that it has the cute little things where you can clip out like wigs for the cat. Yeah. Um, and all those people that are drawn there, those are all the people from, those are all the real people that worked on this comic book. Like, yeah, A is, uh, that's Chelsea, that's mm-hmm. Chelsea Kane. And then, um, Leah. Yeah. It's Kate, all of them. Rochelle. They, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. I like the cat though, where it's like, and me, meow, and me. Meow. <laughs> 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 um, but, I mean, it's so great. And it turns out that the unicorn that was living in Maud's bedroom is actually Sophie E., the girl who was missing, who had turned into a were-panther mm-hmm. um, at the school. And it also turns out that her mom, who is in charge of SCAT, the the SCAT SWAT. Yeah, she, like, works at, she works for the, like, SCAT crime lab. Yeah, her. Turns out that she's the one leading this whole, like pantherism revolution bringing down the patriarchy thing because at the end her eyes glow green and it's like it's time it's time oh i'm so excited for volume three yeah there is like i'm sure is out in single issue but i'm reading it by volume sorry (laughs) yeah i mean i'm sure the things are out in single issue but i can't wait for them to like put it out there i will say though that i kind of want to read this last poem out loud that was in here so um, the poem is called I Swear I'm Almost Done, and it's by Eliza Fantastic Monahan. She's 14. And I love the, like, picture that's to the left of it, which is a cat sitting on a unicorn holding a, a, a rainbow lightsaber. Yes. Epic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
So it says, I do not expect this to be your favorite book. I do not believe in miracles. I do, however, hope that these poems will make you feel like you are enough because you are. I know it's hard to believe. How could I know? I don't know. I don't know you. Uh, Maybe you did something awful in your life. Maybe you had awful things done to you. I don't care. Not to sound like a therapist, but you are enough. You are special. You are beautiful and kind and smart and funny. You are anything you want to be and everything you are. You are a star in the night sky or a beautiful flower. And if you're not into that sort of, well, she says the S words. I'm not going to say that. Um, But you are a badass. Uh, Tough with a heart of gold. You are loved and valued, and every day you make someone's life just a little better. You have people in your life who would miss you if you were gone, so please don't go. Stay for the sequel. That's very good. It made me very happy when I read that. I was just sort of like, oh. I think that's a good way to leave it, don't you? I think so, too. Cool. Well, I hope everyone goes and reads this. I hope you've read it and enjoyed it just as much as we have and i think that's going to wrap up this week's episode of tea time the show notes for this episode and all of our our other episodes are available on our website teatimewithkc.com feel free to reach out to us via twitter or instagram by using the handle at teatimewithkc or at facebook at facebook.com slash teatimewithkc If you want to chat with us in real time, you can join our Slack workspace or our Discord server. Invite links are in the show notes. And you can also email us at twithkc at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and basically every other podcatcher app on the planet. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Geek2Geek Media Network by visiting geek2geekmedia.com. The Twitch stream subscription links for Capsule J and Troidal Power will be included in our show notes. And until next time, bye. bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.